Hello, my name is Ivy, and I will be discussing a somewhat uncomfortable topic, I think, for today, um, in which I want to address the question, what is the hype with East Asia, specifically with Japanese and Korean culture? These days, it seems that to not like anime or to not like K-pop, you're then considered the weird one. Um, growing up, was particularly obsessed with anime and Korean dramas and K-pop since I was like 11 and at that time it was not popular Um, it was something that only me and a small group of my friends uh, would secretly talk about by ourselves and never in front of other peers because it was something that we were embarrassed by but then these days it seems that you know people whether you're white, Asian, Hispanic, um, black, you know, even my roommate from Africa, she was like, Ivy, do you know BTS? And I was like, how do you know about BTS? But yeah, she says they're really popular in Ghana. And I was like, wow, to have this small Asian country, you know, dominate the world culturally, that's crazy. We like to think that, oh, America is the best, right? That everyone wants to come to America, be American, and speak English. But these days, it seems like more people want to be in Korea, speak Korean, or etc. Or the same thing goes with Japanese, you know. I want to study abroad in Japan, I want to visit Japan. You know, I want to consume Japanese culture, Korean culture. And so, what is with the hype? Like, how did this happen? It's crazy to think, since in just a short amount of time how fast these two subcultures were able to propel itself and integrate themselves into mainstream society, i.e. dominant culture, I guess. This dominant culture is something that we know to be synonymous with white culture, I believe, because, you know, white people in America are the hegemonic group, while Asians are kind of below that. Um... But yeah, I think it's very interesting to see how fast these cultures have propelled themselves in society. Um, When I was in sixth grade, that's when I first got into anime. And it was kind of forcefully, someone forced me to watch anime. And at at that time, I thought it was torture. I was like, why am I watching this? And I remember I would only watch it if it was dubbed. Meaning, you know, if it was in English, I would watch it because it was something that was easy for me to digest because I was used to watching cartoons on, on Disney Channel, like Phineas and Ferb, etc. right? For these anime shows to be in English, I could, you know, see them as American shows, right? But I knew that it was American shows, right? Because it was, they were set in such a crazy wor- fictional world that I was immediately sucked in. And I remember when they ran out of dub episodes for Fairy Tale. I believe it ended after like episode 24 or 42. I thought my world was ending. I searched everywhere for dubbed Fairy Tale. Nothing came up. I was so sad. And I was like, darn, like I have to watch it in sub now. Are you for real? <laughs> and so, you know, I began to watch Fairy Tale in sub. And so then it propelled me to like expand my horizon. I was like, this is so much better. I think the voice acting, you know, when they are speaking Japanese, is just, in my opinion, more phenomenal than English dub. English wasn't awkward because that was how I was introduced to it. But, you know, as I began to listen to sub and watching anime and subtitles, right? Anything that wasn't subbed immediately became 
cringe for me, if that's the word to describe it. So that is how I was introduced to Japanese culture and that it was first through anime. And then, you know, after that, it kind of led me to this whole entire world where I, even to this day, I still enjoy and consume anime, right? Something that is very universally accepted now, uh, whereas before it was not as accepted, I believe. Um, so it's crazy to see that right now I'm a youth leader at a school and I teach fourth to sixth graders, right? And these kids, like, it's, none of them are Asian, but they, they are so obsessed with Japanese culture, specifically anime, specifically Demon Slayer. They love Demon Slayer. I tried watching it and I cannot get into it, um, but it's crazy because these kids are obsessed to it to the point where we have to talk about it every day in class. And it, it warms my heart, I think, to see um, kids enjoy, enjoy anime because when I was young, it was something that I was embarrassed to talk about in front of other people. Um, especially, I'll never talk about it in front of my teachers um, and only among my close, you know, knit group of friends who we were all Asian. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really crazy to see that these kids are like, actively talking about it and like you know they can all bond over this this culture that is outside of their domain I guess I don't think they've ever met a Japanese person and, and I remember like yeah what's crazier to me is that they were kind of like me when I was young when we were watching uh, A Silent Voice which is a Japanese film uh, I assumed that they watched in subtitles but they were like can we watch it in, in English? And so I realized that, oh, they don't watch anime in, like with the original Japanese voice acting and they opt for the English version of it. But then the extent to which they fetishize Japanese culture and how obsessed they are with anime, I assume that they would appreciate the language, but they don't. And this, this is very interesting. It, it will lead me to this term commodity fetishization which is introduced in Christina Klein's article public culture in which of the extent to which we are fetishizing this object we are erasing like the true meaning or origins of that commodity right and I think this applies to you know consumerism culture right um so these kids they or you know people right we enjoy Japanese culture we enjoy anime right but at the same time we don't really understand much of that culture or even or you know in the case of the kids that I'm tutoring is that they don't really under, even like want to listen to the language right they, they say that they love anime so much but they don't even you know want to explore that culture to a deeper extent other than what you know what they see on Netflix I was really excited to talk to them about like other aspects of Japanese culture. Uh, I remember we were talking about uh, Japanese internment camps, right? And I thought that they would be really interested in it because of how much they, you know, love anime and talk about all these characters and stuff, right? But I remember not once were they even interested throughout the whole entire lesson. Like they didn't care because they saw it as boring history, right? So. They don't see anime tied to real Japanese people in Japan, I guess. 
They see it more so as something that entertains them and they like it. And thus the true meaning and the origin of anime gets erased. People believe that what they see on the screen is how is a reflection of that society. And, you know, to some extent it, it is, right? Create like this false narrative in our head of what these cultures represent, right? And so I think that's what was going on with these kids. And so it kind of saddened me that they didn't really know anything, you know, outside of Japanese culture than anime, than ramen, than sushi, Right? That's just my two cents, I think, on this topic about what is the hype with East Asia, specifically cultures that we consume from Japan. Uh, so that's the first episode.